It's bad ink jam, but not as we know it. This is bad. Welcome to the Bookie Bashing Weekly Bashcast. Brought to you by BookieBashing.net. Nice. This is Bashcast episode number 116 win one for the jipper looking at next week's opportunities and last week's profits it's 2.52pm Thursday 4th of October coming up in Tonight's Bashcast. Look at the Ryder Cup. With some infighting. Difficulty getting paid out at Ladbrokes. We look at William Hill and some infighting. And some non-agreement on what headline odds they're going to go for. Look at 888. It's definitely going to be some fighting with this because they're going to end up palping a bet that's going to end in... Years. Some NFL middles. Further discussion on that. Picking up from last week. Uh, we have some new site developments that are nice. Uh, racing post article on restrictions definitely worth discussion. And the sadly demise 2 plus 2 poker cast is back. Very much recommended. Has anyone heard of Vodafone's secure net service? Simply safer online. You not heard of this? It's amazing. The benefits. Here's the benefits. Your online devices unleash a world of possibilities, but it also brings threats and risks. Vodafone Secure Net is a unique new service that protects you simply and safely on your Vodafone-connected devices. It's simple to use. There's no need to download any apps or software. One person can control everything from one place over the Vodafone network for all connected devices, and it keeps everyone safe. SecureNet protects you and all your family against viruses, dangerous files, and harmful websites. It stops online threats before they get anywhere near your device and send an SMS every time you've been protected. Try before you buy. All customers can try SecureNet for a three-month trial period. You can see how many threats we've stopped and then decide whether you want to keep the service for just £1 a month for each device. You may be thinking, Tom, this is unexpected. I didn't think you'd be doing adverts for Vodafone SecureNet. I'm not. The Vodafone phoned me up the other day 
and said, we'll just shave some money off your bill, which is fine, because my bill's way too high anyway. And so they did that. But it must have triggered some new contract because they turned on SecureNet, which I only found out when I'd logged off my house Wi-Fi and got in the car to go to Nando's with my family yesterday. And we were driving to Nando's, and I just quickly went to bookiebashing.net, and I had a big error across my screen, trying to access it on the mobile on the Vodafone mobile network, and it said SecureNet blocked a dangerous website. The website www.bookiebashing.net is blocked by your content filters for the category adult gaming. Sorry, gambling. And there's a big red button allowing me to return to safety, which is nice of them. But no option to bypass the filter and go to it. So I went onto my account and after faffing around, like for the entire journey to Nando's, I found the secure net toggle switch. So I toggled it and it said uh, it would be active in seven days. Seven days. So Vodafone, without asking me, have turned on this secure net feature to protect me from the dangers of the online world and as a result have blocked me from my own site when I'm out and about. Just unbelievable. Of course, if I just take another phone with me and tether to it, then I can access the site but I have to bypass Vodafone to do that. In fact, I could take another Vodafone phone that they haven't given me a new contract on and I could bypass their filters just by tethering to that. So, I mean, look, I'm no criminal mastermind. I, I'm, I, I'd, I'd be the last person that would be giving you advice on how to hack into NASA. But I can certainly bypass Vodafone's secure net and I don't even want to. It's just what a pain in the ass. What happened over the weekend? Europe 17 and a half. USA 10 and a half. Hey everybody, we're all gonna get late. I mean, what a result that is for Europe. Um, 17 and a half, 10 and a half. If you looked on the correct score market on the exchanges, that came under any other European score. So that was the equivalent of a 4-0 or better thrashing from Europe over the USA. Started off from Friday. By the way, you cannot Google anything about the Ryder Cup without the top results being this poor lady who has um, been blinded in one eye. Which is tragic, but I mean, come on. Come on. It's a golf tournament. Come on. <laughs> Friday four balls. It wasn't looking good for Europe. Uh, Molinari and Fleetwood beat Tiger Woods and Patrick Reed, three and one. But then for now, Kawepka, Johnson Fowler and Thomson Spieth all picked up points and it was actually 3-1 by Friday lunchtime. Uh, so where was the value by thri- Friday lunchtime? Um, Europe had gone out to four on the exchanges. Um, we had bet, I'd put on the site that the smart money was betting on Europe and so I was following that in. It sort of been driven down from 2.7 to around about 2.4. It did go down to 2.32 before bouncing back up. And you could have got 2.45. You could have got boosts to 2.5 left, right, and center. If you want to back at 2.5, lay at 2.42, that's your own prerogative. I don't know why you do that. 
But I had a lot of money on Europe that way. And so I wasn't looking good after the Friday four balls. Um, one offer that came up, Fred did a three up. So this is in match play. If you go three holes up, he'll pay out just like Bet365 pay out on two up. Um, didn't see this coming. This sort of came at us late. We thought it was initially just online. It was in shop as well. It had happened... Yeah, uh, we worked out from the statistics about 10% of the time. So it was about a 1 in 10 trigger. So it's quite decent if you can get some sums on it. Um, So the Friday 4 balls lunchtime finished 3-1. But then there was Friday afternoon, and this was when things started moving. Stenson and Rose won 3-2 against DJ. Poulton McElroy won 4-2 against... Watson and Simpson. Garcia and Norrin thrashed Mickelson and Deshombro. Five and four. As did Molinari and Fleetwood. So Molinari and Fleetwood have won their Friday four ball and then the afternoon Friday foursome. They were paired together and the two top European bets that we had on the tracker last week were Coral, who had Molinari at 10 to 1, and uh, Ladbrokes, who had Fleetwood also at 10 to 1. Don't quote me on that. I'm doing that off the top of my head. Saturday, four balls in the morning. Three points for Europe, one point for the United States. Garcia and McElroy won, Casey and Hatton won. And guess what? Molinari and Fleetwood make it three points out of three points as they take Woods and Reed down four and three. And that takes us to Saturday afternoon foursomes, which finished two all again. Molinari and Fleetwood, this time against Woods and DeChambro. And Molinari and Fleetwood won that 5-4. and four. Woods got spanked in this Ryder Cup. And so Molinari and Fleetwood have been paired up four times across the four balls and the foursomes on Saturday and Friday and won all four matches. In terms of the um, United States, Thomas and Spieth were matched together on all four and they won three of the four so going into Sunday, top scorer could either be Molinari or Fleetwood, which is such a result, by the way. Because like if it's Molinari, we've got him at Coral. If it's Fleetwood, we've got him at Lapbrooks. Um, and if it's Justin Thomas, we've got him at Ladbrokes because yeah, he was at 8-1 to one in Ladbrokes. And if it's Spieth, well, we don't win the USA top scorer. So... Europe went into Sunday, off the top of my head, I think, just needing four half points. They won it seven and a half, four and a half. That was the only annoying thing of the Ryder Cup was the margin of victory for Europe. 17 and a half to 10 and a half meant that um, there were no correct scores that came in unless you were somehow predicting a, a thrashing from Europe, which I don't think anyone was. There was a lot of value in Europe to win one to three points, one to four points, even one to five points, but not by seven points. There wasn't any value in that that I saw anyway. But there was definitely value in Europe. There was definitely value in Molinari top scorer, which uh, I got on online uh, at Coral. And there was value in Justin Thomas, USA top scorer. And he beat McElroy one up on the 18th to take that crown um, when it was boosted at Ladbrokes to eight to one. However, I think there were a few things that 
could be predicted during the Ryder Cup, and there were a few things that could not be predicted. One of the things that could be predicted is that if Ladbrokes put up a boost, it's going to be difficult to get on it in the first place. And if it wins, it's going to be even harder to get it paid out. So I went to my local town, and there's two Ladbrokes in my local town. And the first Ladbrokes said you have to sign up to Gridcard to get it. And I just know that isn't true. I think I mentioned this last week, but I didn't know how to tell them that my gambling syndicate that I'm in contact with confirmed that I don't need to do it. It's like, how can I overwrite the staff? It's like, it's there, it's on screen. Um, then the second shop, they also confirmed it. So I ended up having to sign up to the um, to the Gridcard just to get on to these bets, which just takes forever. Sasha and Jenner in the car outside, so that's not good. Then on payout, Ladbrook staff on Monday were suggesting that there was no boost on Justin Thomas, and the payout is six to one. Now I don't see this as being malicious. I think it's just really poor management structure and processes within the business. It's like I don't know they have to call everything through, and the people that they're calling don't seem to know anything. Um. Keith Hawkins, who's Keith the Camel on Twitter, mentioned that Ladbrokes are utter scumbags. He had a similar situation um, at Celtic Manor where Ladbrokes had a promo. If your match bet was winning after 17 holes, you'd be paid out. So Keith took worse prices with Ladbrokes to take advantage of this. And when he went in to cash one out, he was told phone or online only. And again, I think it's just that whoever it is that the staff phone, they have no idea what advice to give to the staff. I took a recording of going to cash the bet. I thought I might play some snippets, but when I finished, I actually ended up feeling sorry for the lady she was nice, the cashier, and it wasn't her fault. So it didn't feel like it doesn't feel like the right thing to do to play this because she's not the enemy. You know what I mean? Also, it's eighteen minutes long and extremely boring because there's a lot of silence. But she's at, she was actually really friendly and sympathetic, and it wasn't her fault. So um, playing like making her common enemy number one is entirely missing the point. There's something wrong with um, with the processes and the structure of Ladbrokes. But it's like they make it so hard to get on a bet and then they make it so hard to pay out, as do William Hill. Is it any wonder why Betfred... And, you know, we've had our problems with Betfred, but that seems to be where the value is. It's very easy to get on bets, and for the most part, it's quite easy to get paid out. Only a couple of problems, but look, the overwhelming majority of my bets is with... Betfred, so I would expect them to be the majority of problems as well. In terms of like, if you looked, if you just took percentage of problems to bets placed, Ladbrokes, William Hill, and Coral are just so far ahead of Betfred. Yep, you know, just make it easier. Just advertise price, take my bet, and then pay me out at that bet. That doesn't sound complicated, does it? So it was a fantastic Ryder Cup for all. Afterwards, though, I was reading, so... Now, this report that in front of me is from Golf World. There's reports that Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, 
Pauline Gretzky and others had to be separated at the Ryder Cup party. What's happened here? On Monday night, reports Jeffrey Van der Hasselt, multiple reports alleged that Dustin Johnson and Brutz Koepka had to be separated at a Ryder Cup party on Sunday night. Although Koepka's representation has refuted this story, sources have confirmed to Golf Digest that an altercation did take part. James Corrigan of The Telegraph was the first to report the story on Johnson and Koepka, who are considered friends and workout partners. They were at a party with the European Ryder Cup team when the incident occurred. Corrigan said witnesses were clearly shocked and upset by the nastiness, which was very threatening. The duo played together in Saturday afternoon foursomes, losing to Justin Rose and Henrik Stenz in the Golf Channel, and The Guardian posted similar allegations to Corrigan's initial report. Specifically, what happened to cause Johnson and Koepka to be separated is unclear. A source told Golf Golf Digest that Pauline Gretzky, Johnson's fiancée and uh, daughter of the other Gretzky, uh, was a central figure in the instant. Uh, Koepka's girlfriend Jen Sims was also involved not my old university housemate uh, I don't think Champions League was back this week um, full of entertainment as well although they're doing this thing that's doing my head in It's um, the early kickoffs seem to be at 5.55pm and there's two of them um, this doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason of which games they are. I mean, it's obvious that the Russian games and the very Eastern European games would kick off at that time, but some of them were Western. I don't understand it. It's just slightly inconvenient. It just stretches our evenings out as bookie bashers, although I suppose value can be found. Um, look, uh, th- there's no two ways about it. The, the two-up offer from bet365 is just by far and away the easiest way to win big money if you can scatter enough money around each of the champions league games now they do it on premier league champions league championship europa league and a few others i'm very nervous about losing a bet365 and so my strategy is premiership champions league and possibly the europa games with the very biggest teams and the English teams and Scottish teams, that'd be it, you know. If it was two relatively obscure um, Eastern European teams, I'm not sure I would be betting on them to win at two up. But then again, there's no rhyme or reason to restrictions at bet three six five. But it just it is the easiest money. It just is. Again, I don't post any on the site because look. At any time, you can just log on to your uh, Bet365 and go through the games and find value. It's just that easy. So it becomes meaningless stream of this and this and this was cut and blah, 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 blah. Look, just if you're going to do it, look at the strategy page and log on whenever you get a chance to log on. Oh, I don't have time to do advantage play. Everyone's got time to log on to Bet365 and back and lay some of the Champions League teams, that's for sure. So I was on... Uh, I've actually forgotten who it was. Who was it that brought it? Oh, it was Shakhtar Donetsk versus Lyon. I was on Shakhtar at 6.5 to back, 6.8 to lay. Shakhtar went 2-0 up 
with Junior, 44th and 55th minute, and Leon brought it back in the 70th and 72nd, which was early enough to hedge a little bit of money out. Held my nerve, though, um, and only hedged out, like, 5% of potential profit, and thankfully it did finish 2-all, though it was a very nervous finish. So that was, um, that was tasty. William Hill had a headline treble up on the Tuesday. And this is synonymous of everything that is wrong with the high street bookmakers. So they had Manchester United, Real Madrid and Lyon. Now Real Madrid did drift because a significant number of their first team... Um, were not available. I heard Ronaldo was away eating pizza. Um, and they did the headline, the standard headline thing, not three to one, not four to one, but five to one, which is great. But after the Real Madrid drift, it was like five to one to back, five to one to like six point zero fair market price. So it wasn't actually value. I mean, it wasn't not value, it was just not value either, if that makes sense. It wasn't not value, but it wasn't not not value. Um, so someone, some someone in the power of position in William Hill said, okay, well, let's go from six, uh, 5 to 1 to 6 to 1. So they went up to 7.0. But then after they did that, <laughs> the odds of the other two teams came down. So now fair market price was about 5.5. So they've got a 7.0, 5.5 up as opposed to a 6.0 to back 6.0 fair market price before. So it went from 100% to like 130%. And that's fine. I mean, that's kind of average of what a William Hill boost is anyway, because they're only allowing you to get a tenner on it. And, the only, and by the way, it, it, throughout all of this, the only thing I'm interested in is that the value gets high enough so that I can back it on the exchanges on Matchbook and Smarkets. That's all I care about. And when there's a very large back, it's easy to get on. And when the back isn't so large, it's not so easy. So it went up to 7.0. So I'm like, banana armor. Let's try and get 6.2 on the exchanges or something like that. And then it was cut or the price changed for a third time. So it started off at 5 to 1, then it went to 6 to 1, then it was brought back down to 11 to 2. What is going on? The fighting. The, the, the management of fighters is like, look, stick to a plan. You know, if I was William Hill, I wouldn't have even changed it from 5 to 1. It was like, that's the boost. Okay, Real Madrid are drifting, whatever. You can have it. That's it. And Real Madrid didn't win, by the way. They lost 1-0 to CSKA Moscow. So when they drifted, the smart money came in for CSK Moscow fans and intelligence. And they got it right in that game. But just leave it. I mean, no one cares. Honestly, if you're trying to attract mugs, they don't care if it's either 5-1 to one or 6-1. to one. They're not... No one... No average person knows enough to be able to differentiate between 5-1 to one and 6-1 to one and whether one's value and one's not value in a treble. Because you're compounding the three prices. I mean, by the time you get to the point where people will notice the difference and know what's going on, you don't want those customers anyway. But then to bring it back into 11 to 2 is nonsense. That, that, I mean, that's going to end in tears. And it's synonymous with the problems that William Hill, Coral and Labbrooks are all having. And it's that there are too many people in decision-making roles in middle management 
infighting and not enough people concentrating on the experience of the end user. And the experience of the end user is, if I leave my William Hill alone for more than 13 seconds, I'm logged out. Sometimes I'm logged in, but it looks like I'm logged out. And sometimes I'm logged out and it looks like I'm logged in. If I put a bet into the bet slip, the option to bring the bet slip disappears. The site is clunky. And sometimes you scroll the screen and you just get a white grayness with nothing happening. It doesn't follow you. Okay, so how about instead of worrying about the liabilities between a five to one and a six to one boost, which your average Joe that you're trying to attract anyway wouldn't notice the difference of and focus on the end experience of the person that's using it. Saying that, someone came to Bookie Bashing the other week and signed up and then sent me a screenshot of the first screen that you see after you sign up. Uh, and it was full of broken links and just dead code. And it's like, what a mess that was. So talking about getting the usability right, uh, maybe we should get our own house in order first. Although saying that, there's one of me, or two if you include Duncan, and um, there's all of William Hill. You'd think they get someone to sign up from the beginning. So that ended in, well, not tears, just a mess. Something that is going to end in tears is Chelsea, Arsenal and Rangers playing the Europa Cup tonight. Oh, before we get to the Europa Cup, one more night of Champions League. Last night, Paris Saint-Germain was the early game against um, Corvena Zvaveda, uh, Red Star Belgrade. I think they want to be known in their, as Corvena Zvaveda, but it's very difficult uh, for English-speaking tongues, myself including, I'm probably butchering that to pronounce that. Well, I read a report from Emporium, from Brodders, that this could be a cricket score. Um... And so I was looking for, because of that, that sort of points the direction that I'm focusing on, I was looking for boosts that include either lots of things to happen. So we're talking PSG to score lots of goals, this guy to score, this guy to score, both teams to score, think corners, things to happen, blah, 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 right? Well, I saw um, the handicap for PSG was up at four point, minus 4.5. That was boosted at William Hill. First thing you check is... Odds checker. Minus 4.5 isn't a really standard Asian handicap, and a lot of times teams aren't priced up um, that heavily. That one-sidedness. Um, only a couple of bookmakers were, but 888 Sport were priced up at 4.8. So the non-boost price was higher than the boost price at William Hill. Um, there was no exchange market. Um, top price wasn't helping me because there was only a couple of but make us priced up. So it's just, is, um, and we're in black swan territory when we're looking at, you know, over, well, there was over 6.5 goals in the end, but there could have been a lot more. It was 6-1 to Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so up on the untested and unverified hypotheses forum where uh, we're not, we can't quite prove the value that we're getting, but we're pretty sure we just got this feel that it's value. We were posting in there, you know, just lump on things to happen in that game, including lots of goals and over, and you should be okay. Um, so, yeah, back to this Chelsea Arsenal Rangers 888 sport. So, Chelsea are playing Mulvidi, are almost as favourites as Paris Saint Germain were over Cravena's Vavella. Arsenal are away to FK Karabag uh, in a game, again, that's relatively one-sided to the London team. And Rangers are playing Rapid Vienne. Fair market price of the three of these to happen is pretty short. It's 3.6. Now, 888 Sport put up a enhancement at 16 to 1. Now, just from experience, the 16 to 1 is not correct. Uh, I, I, it was actually 17.5. Five, which is quite a weird 
Um, that's quite a weird fractional price or decimal price because the fraction of 17.5 would be 30, 33.5? Sorry, 33 to 2. Um, and they meant to put it up at 5 to 2. So I don't know how you accidentally put up 33 to 2 at 5 to 2, but there you go. Um, now, they're just not ever in a million years going to pay out on this. And on this kind of pal, by sort of side with the bookmaker, although they should be a lot more careful. It was up for hours as well. Honestly, I found it in the morning. I found it in the morning at 8 o'clock. I'm not going to get a big head here, but I, it, it was reported on Oddsmonkey like, 11.30 and then on profit accumulator at like 2 in the afternoon. So find your information first at bookiebashing.net. And um, people were posting it as probably can be expected when the boost is, you know, 500% as it was. But then... Someone said, fish out of water said, 888 offering 17.5 for Chelsea Arsenal Rangers. Matchbook market at 3.65 is here. Are you trolling? Are you trolling? Is this a level that I can't quite understand? Do, do Matchbook even have some culpability here, putting up a market that's a palp? I guess not. I guess it's not. Although I'd be un I'd be uncomfortable if I owned an exchange, putting up a market. I guess it's Chelsea Arsenal Rangers. So I mean, there is no one else today, or uh, sorry, yesterday, um, who had Chelsea Arsenal Rangers. There's a couple of people today. Come on, I've got them, and um, yeah, just come on. Actually, to tell you the truth, but. I don't know. Um, someone's asked Matchbook to put it up, but don't lay that bet. Don't lay the bet. I hope to God people were just laying for their stake and underlaying it. Can you imagine anyone that laid that at 16.5? Straight laid it at 3.6. They would be, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say they got on for themselves and their wives and their dads and their mums. And the max bet is 50 quid. It's been a long time since I've placed a bet at 8-8 sports. I don't actually know what the max bet is there. And they've bet at three at 17.5. You put that into a standard laying calculator. You're making £758 profit off the back, and that's not even underlaying it at all. By laying £977 at 3.6. £2,541 would go out of your exchange if it wins, which it does once every 2.5 times. And then you get paid 500 quid profit when it comes in. So you're net down £2,000. That is the kind of thing that could absolutely end in tears. So I really hope nobody gets stung by it, although it's kind of car crash viewing if they do. Um... That was the that's the Europa League tonight. Not a lot going on in the Europa League tonight, by the way. It's quite it's like all Vernons and Betway, I don't know why. Fred have got Rangers to win in BTTS and there's a few there was a midweek pushers coupon. 
um, and there was a few bits of value left for this evening. But other than that, not a lot. The Patriots are playing in the Thursday night NFL game. And after just four weeks, I'm down to only two teams to go 16-0. Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams are the only 100% teams. That bet is not looking good. But I'm now a Chiefs and a Rams fan. I've also got the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. I don't have the Rams. Uh, and the Denver Broncos as well, which was all preseason bets. We got the middles tracker up and running. Um, so what I've learned is that it's exceptionally difficult to automate these middles. Um, but it's kind of, it's not easy, but it's not difficult to manually search through. And so you just got to start with a filtering point. So we've been looking at how we can do this. And we've got, um, we've had four middles this season. So that's uh, Elliot for the Dallas Cowboys and Adam for the Green Bay Packers in week two. Missed week three as we were, still trying to automate it and uh, now we're settling in and on week four i posted thomas for the saints receiving yards over 85.5 at sky under 98.5 at red zone sports which is a 13 percent middle 267 percent ev but he got injured as a gronk in the um in the other game as well so that was and he only got 47 yards for the same Duncan posted up Eli Manning the six foot three New York Giants quarterback passing yardage over 249.5 and sky under 265.5 and match but get these odds 1.91 over 2.32 under that's the kind of Dutch that you don't lose any money on go to a Dutch and calculator I was about to say go to um go to Odds checkers, Dutching calculator, but I forgot we've got one. <laughs> Why don't you use ours? Go to our Dutching calculator. You'll see that 1.91 on one side and 2.32 on the other side means that it's no loss. So that's an ob. So the EV is infinite when it's an ob because you're never going to lose any money. There's no downside. Middle is tiny. He's got to throw between 249.5 and 265.5. Well, guess what? He did. 255 yards passed in that game. By Eli Manning, 31 out of 41 throws were caught. One touchdown. They did lose against the New Orleans Saints, 33-18, but that didn't matter. We won both sides of that bet. So that's four middles posted, one hit. Most middles are very small loss, and when you do hit, you know... I was looking at a couple hundred pounds on both sides. That's the kind of stakes, but it depends on the bookmaker. I'm going to bet a little bit less at Sky... And I can get £2,000 on at Red Zone Sports. Um, and the exchanges is unlimited as well. So if it's Red Zone Sports and an exchange, or an exchange and an exchange, you're looking at some serious profit there. I just had a couple hundred pounds on either side, but both won. So it was over £400 profit. So it was pretty decent NFL middling. So on the Monday night on the Denver Broncos, I did post a bet that, well, I posted Freeman for the Broncos rushing yardage over 50.5 and is a price at red zone and under 57.5 is a price at matchbook. But I 
mis I don't know. Listen, I don't know what I did wrong. I did. I made a mistake. Hands up. I made a mistake. What can I blame it on? I have a newborn, one month old son who cries a lot. In that, is that a good enough excuse? Look, we all make mistakes. Here's here's the thing about mistakes, right? If you don't try and do new things, if you don't explore new territories, if you don't push the boat out, you don't make mistakes. If you're the kind of person that's never made a mistake, you haven't taken enough risks. So I'm I've no problem making the odd mistake here or there. I mean, I, I'm happy to, in fact, because I'm I enjoy being a a calculated risk taker. But I posted up. Freeman for the Broncos rushing over 50.5 at a price and under at another price. And actually, I got the completely wrong. Um, and I'd backed under on both sides. So I'd backed uh, under 50.5 for a lot of money uh, and under 57.5 for a lot of money, which is a really dumb thing to do. Also, the under 57.5 at the exchange was really gappy, and so I took a ter awful, 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 awful price. The thing about the mistake that I made is that had I just taken two bets at normal prices, then I could have just bet the other side somewhere else. It would have been, it would have been fine. But it, it wasn't that easy because I'd taken an awful price in a gappy market on the exchange, so I couldn't just back out the other side of that. Uh, this was the Monday night game. It was kicked off at like quarter past one. So I hadn't... The good news was I had until quarter past one to try and trade something on Matchbook. The bad news is I had until quarter past one to trade something on Matchbook because my alarm goes off at five in the morning. Best hours of the day are five till seven in the morning. It's a fact. If you didn't know that, get up tomorrow at five o'clock in the morning. No one's up. The world is very quiet, peaceful, serene and clean. You can get some work done. Five till seven, I get uh, more done in those hours than the rest of the day. And then as people wake up, I disappear to the gym with Sasha and do some CrossFit and then come back for breakfast. But So I get up at five. So the fact that it kicks off at quarter past one in the morning wasn't brilliant because I had to wait until then to try and trade out. And I, I put myself in a position which wasn't great. Essentially, when it kicked off, if, if under... 68.5 I was going to make 50 quid if I hit a middle between 68 and 74 I was going to make 380 quid and if it was over 68.5 I was going to lose 200 quid which was better than the position I was in at the beginning but it's not great because essentially I'm risking 200 quid to win 50 quid on a coin flip I've got odds of one to four on a coin flip which is you, you, no one's going to get rich quick doing that fortunately for me he had 18 receiving yards in that game. And that got me out of jail. Look, I made a mistake. You can't expect to win them all. But tell them to get out there and win one for the zipper. I don't know where I'm going to be right then, but I won't smell too good. That's for sure. You know what you're going to say, so save your breath. No. I don't have a thing to say. You've done the best you could. You really have the best you could. You can't expect to win them all. Do I want to tell you something? I've kept to myself through these years. I was in the war myself, medical corps. I was on late duty one night when they brought in a badly wounded pilot from one of the raids. I could barely talk. Tempted me and Doc, he said, the odds were against us up there, but we went in anyway. 
I'm glad. Captain made the right decision. Pilot's name was George Zip. George Zip said that? The last thing he said to me, Doc, he said, sometime, the crew is up against it. The brakes are beating the boys. Tell them to get out there and give it all they've got. And win just one for the zipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Doc, he said. That won't smell too good, that's for sure. Excuse me, Doc. I've got a plane to land. don't know the story of George Jip I recommend going and googling it that is my dad's favorite movie quote of all time you should see him roll around when that comes on so look if we're going to hit um one in five one in six middles which we probably are over the season and we're taking very little qualifying loss in in order to win both bets you can see how um we're going to make some decent money relatively quickly on these NFL middles. So go visit the tracker. They normally get posted up on... Well, so NFL standard is for a game on Thursday, a game on Monday night, and then the rest of the league on Sunday, which is true for the most part, except Thanksgiving week. Um, so, yeah, Sundays are probably the uh, day to go and check out the tracker and see if there's any value on there. And there may not be some weeks, but wherever there is, you know you'll find it on the tracker. Okay, that is enough to take us to the break. Guys, you're listening to the Bashcast. And it's brought to you by BuckyBashing.net.
and welcome back to the Bashcast. That is the Q by Alex Metric and Ten Ven. Not just from 2018. But um, my good friend and golf betting professional, James's tune of the year. So a big shout to him for that tune and also for the Ryder Cup tips over the weekend. In the bookie bashing news, we have some new site developments. So we discussed earlier the new NFL tracker. Now, over time, it's just me that can populate it just now. That's not for any nefarious reasons or that I don't trust anyone. It's that I'm not so technologically brilliant that I know how to set things up with their, where they're customizable and editable. Fortunately, there are other kind people in the world who are better uh, than me at these things. And Elmos bets on the site has put together a beta version of a much improved value mugs tracker. So what are the difficulties of the value mugs just now? Well, here's here's what I do, right? I visit 26, the number's variable over time, but about 26 different bookmakers in the morning. Work out the back price. And by the time I visited them all, at the beginning, I download the lay price so that I've got an idea of what's value. And also, but it takes me so long to visit 26 bookmakers. You know, you go to Red Army Bet, you can spend 20 minutes there. So by the time I've even just finished going through them, the lay prices may have changed. So just before I put it up on the site, I do a bit of a refresh of the lay price, sort everything, put it up on the site. And I include with that the time and the date, because if you have a look at that tracker hours later, you'll probably want to know how out of date it is. And the problem with it being out of date is twofold. One, the lay price could have moved. Secondly, if something is value, it tends not to stay value for ages, and the back price often gets cut. Not everywhere, but sometimes it gets cut. So there are frustrations on both sides there. And look, I um, I go through every, all the bookies every single day, seven days a week. Uh, and I post on the site multiple times a day and, uh, you know, up to 30 times on a Saturday. So I do my best. I can't post at four in the morning or whatever. Um, I, need, I need a lot of Monday off when I'm with my kids and so on and so forth. So it's not a perfect system. Well, this new system, whilst not perfect, is going to be drastically improved. And I'm going to talk about it now because we've been playing with the prototype and it just seems to be working. So what this is able to do is three things that are massive improvements. One, the back and the lay price are in real time. I think they're refreshed every half an hour, which is a lot be- a lot more frequent than I do it just now. So if something's cut, at most there'll be a half an hour delay between it being cut and going on the site. And, if, and also, again, if something drifts or if something steams, we'll catch it. 
one of the biggest benefits of this is going to be the sky bet boosts because they get cut so quickly. But I and I cannot possibly track all of them. I mean, every time I go there, I've got a little macro that does scrape them. But it, I physically have to go there and do it. And I can't just be sitting on sky bet refreshing all the day every day. Well, automating the system will be mean that we can get loads more of these. And. Secondly, it will visit the site itself. So if there's a new bet put on a site, it just populates it on there. So let's say I, you know, just now, if I, I'm not going to visit all 26 bookmakers every hour of the day. Okay, I visit in the morning and then I keep my eyes open. But, you know, I do a good job, but I certainly miss stuff. Well, this new system, we're going to auto-populate. Meaning, we're not going to miss stuff anymore. And finally there is the ability to manually enter boosts if for whatever reason the scraper hasn't picked it up or if it's not a normal boost, like um, uh, a normal boost is a team of uh, treble with three teams or a quadruple with four teams. What if it's an obscure team? What if there's a funny spelling? What if it's not to win but to at half-time accumulate or something like that? Well, we can manually enter those. So it's got all of these benefits, and um, I had a play with it this week, and it just looks like it works. Just now, there's only about 10 of the 26 bookmakers in there, but it's looking really good. So hopefully, we will have that. Some by the, I would be, I would hope it was by the next Bashcast. We were talking about the rollout of that new tracker uh, and how good it is. Um, also in the Bookie Bashing news, um, the Racing Post do a really good job of ignoring um, the problem of restrictions at bookmakers because they're in the bookmakers' pockets for the most part. But there was an article this week, and I thought it was actually quite good. There has been a number of articles on restrictions that are snoozeworthy boring because we all just have uh, experienced it before. But I thought this one made good points. So here you go. This was the Racing Post from Tuesday. The headline of this article is bookmakers need to find some backbone to lay bets in big races. And the author says, you only stand a chance when backing a British trained Melbourne Cup candidate if the candidate in question actually travels to Melbourne. For those of us who backed Hamada, plus a few other horses, to win the nation's stopping race, the news that he and other European hopes had completed the expedition to Australia was excellent. Yet, for one Hamada backer, victory would not be nearly as rewarding as it might have been. The subject of bet restrictions imposed on punters by bookmakers has been well documented following decisions taken by a handful of firms to adopt a more sensible approach. And indeed, one more closely aligned to what the art of bookmaking is supposed to be about. Positive steps have been made by Coral and Ladbrokes guaranteeing to lose at least £5,000 on all ITV races. That offer applies in betting shops, not to online clients, but those looking to play by phone, tablet or laptop can do so with BetVictor, Paddy Power, Skybet and Betfair Sportsbook, although there are limits relating to the size of bet or type of race. Saying that, by the way, the BetVictor one... They've closed everybody's accounts when um, they restricted them. So Duncan got in touch and has had his account reopened, but just for these bets. I haven't yet. I'm lazily waiting to see the end of his experiment to see whether I can be bothered to get in touch with them. Bookmakers, back to the article, bookmakers are belatedly doing better. One area in which they should all be able to unite 
is in the lifting of restrictions that are senseless and almost horribly comical when applied to major races. The Hamadabaka would certainly like that to happen, that that punter posted on Twitter a screenshot of his attempt to stake £10 each way with Betfair on the Geoffrey Freer stakes winner. Capturing the Flemington Spectacular at 20 to 1, he was limited to £5 each way. Bet365 were even less daring. When that layer was offered 20 to 1 about Hamada, the punter was told he could have a maximum of £1.25 each way. More recently, the Hamada, uh, with Hamada down to 14 to 1, the ceiling on his possible investment was changed to £1.79. Again, in line with Bet365 seemingly being prepared to pay out no more than £25 on the win part of the wager. It was also with Bet365 that the punter in question had tried to invest £50 on Fire Brigade, winning the Lincoln at 7-1. to one. The computer said no and told him that he could just have £1.43. What is so perplexing is the Lincoln is a big race. The Melbourne Cup is an exceptionally big race. Could any bookmaker believe a punter would have priceless information, insider information, or suspect some of the other 23 runners might not want to claim the £2.2 million first prize? Earlier in the year, the the punter tried to place Cheltenham Festival anti-post investments with Unibet. A number of those requests were rejected. Coral did not reject his more recent move to back Latidar, for the Kitco British Champions Phillies and Mare Stakes, but t- determined £5 at 7-4 to four was the most he could have. By imposing ridiculous bet restrictions in relation to the sports showpiece events, bookmakers are either needlessly relying on preset limits or showing all the backbone of a blancmange. Welcome policy changes show things are moving in the right direction. However, when it comes to racing's crown jewels, in which both sides surely know as much as each other, it is hard to see why any self-respecting bookmaker should not be prepared to lay a decent bet to punters, whether in shops or online. Are there any edges anywhere? There are edges everywhere. Uh, My favourite podcast of all time was the 2 Plus 2 podcast. Originally by Mike Johnson and professional poker player Adam Schwartz. And um, after 499 episodes and a decade, it came to an end a month ago with Adam Schwartz and new host MMA fighter Terence Chan saying they just needed a break. And I understand it. Burnout is real in podcasting. It really is. Um, It's not just the talking. It's not just the hour or so a day talking. It's the prep that goes into it. But they said that they had burnout and they wanted to end, and so they were ending their relationship with the 2 plus 2 poker forums on episode 499, which I guess means nothing, but that's what it was. And then three days later, on August the 21st, 2018, with not much fanfare, Dat Poker Podcast... Episode one comes online featuring Adam Schwartz, Terence Chan, and Daniel Negranu, D-A-T, Dat, Poker Podcast. I recommend thoroughly giving it a listen. Daniel Negranu, probably the most famous poker player in the world, 
It's a lot of talk about poker, but it's uh, intelligent chat. Uh, it's game theory, optimal game theory. It's equity. It's a lot of things that um, are very translatable into thin value bettings, especially the mindset and the psychology behind betting and losing runs because of course the easiest thing in the world is to win what separates us away is the ability to lose so i recommend going and listening to that um finally as well you may have noticed that i don't know if you have noticed or not it doesn't matter if you have or not that um a few videos have been going up on the bookie bashing facebook site we're just playing around with these just to see um, the goal is still to build a fine community because I'll tell you what the benefits of a community we wouldn't have found Elmos Betts who's put together this tracker for us and the ability of having really intelligent and efficient gamblers in your group in your circle benefits everybody so that is the whole point of doing these if you see them um feel free like them subscribe them last one had um 448 views six likes and two comments and both the comments were about my shirts so come on six likes out of 440 views I'm putting entertainment out there it's for free what's <laughs> coming up uh this weekend in the sporting world Friday night game in the Premiership. We've got Brighton versus West Ham for reasons that I can't explain. Saturday, um, uh, Newcastle travelled to Man United. I mean, come on. Why are Newcastle priced up at uh, 9.2? Not just as a Newcastle fan saying this. Yes, we haven't been playing amazingly this season. Two draws and five losses out of... Seven games, only ten goals. But um, Man United certainly aren't playing amazing either. Three losses and three victories. And we've played some decent teams as well. So why are we 8-1 to against Manchester United? As a, couple, as a present a couple of years ago, I got my sisters, who are twins. Um, I, I backed some, just really lazily, backed some bets for them on Newcastle away at Manchester United. I think a similar price at 8-1. to one. I think I put £50 on each or £100 on an 8 to 1 and just sent them the bet slip, which is like, or the screenshot, which is so lazy, but um, they won. So there you go. How good is that present? Right? It's amazing. It's like 800 quid for the two of them. But equally, because I haven't got a favourite, um, Tottenham Cardiff uh, Saturday afternoon. And again, all of these are just going to be primed for two up. I don't know where the value is yet. I haven't looked at it. I haven't got further than the Europa League. Um, but we will see. Great game on Sunday. Three games this Sunday as opposed to one last Sunday because there's no European football next week. Liverpool, Man City finish us off uh, in the 4.30 kickoff. Fulham, Arsenal, lunchtime, Southampton and Chelsea after that. And also, um, McGregor fights Khabib. Khabib Nurmagomedov, I think. Butchering that. Khabib is the 1.67 favourite. Highest price for Connor available at 2.6 at black type. Which looks like a little bit of an outlier to me. If I pop over to the exchange. Um, yeah, that's an ARB. That's an ARB. Now, back in the day when black type had some backbone, backbone type, 
Am I right? I'm definitely not now. They would have laid you a price and um, allowed you to continue with your account. 2.6, 2.5, they would have done big odds, uh, big stakes limits as well. But nowadays, uh, if you just touch your black type, then they're going to kill you. Oh, they do have a 25% not kill you. I mean, they're not going to kill you. <laughs> they're just going to restrict your account from further betting so don't max out. You should never be pressing the max button anyway, ever. There's never a reason to press max for uh, in your bet slip for any reason other than uh, curiosity saying um but i might that could be a mug in yeah that could be a mug 2.6 mcgregor at black type within your bankroll management you probably uh get away with your account lasting a lot longer 2.57 at marathon bet for those that can whatever it is that you're betting on this weekend and we will make that the bet of the week make sure it's value this is tom signing out this is big. This is cool as fucking story. Remember my time? What was it? That's insane. Can I hear it again? Do you have time?